Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you, the listener, to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 127. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of and please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hashdash. Currently, consumers leverage multiple online resources to research, find, and purchase cannabis products. Hashdash has created a single source for education, products, brands, dispensaries, and takes it one step further by pairing users with products that match their profile and needs through their unique matching algorithm, the smartest way to search and match with cannabis products. Sign up for their free beta release at hashdash.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter at hashdash and on Instagram at hashdash.com. We have a very special guest on the podcast today, Talon Majors. We talk about vulnerability, adversity, just asking for things, being in a relationship with yourself. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. Be sure to check her out. Everything is in the show notes. You know, I've had a number of guests on the podcast. I have to say, you have a very unique background and journey, so I just share who you are and what you're building in your life because it's fascinating as fuck. Hey, no pressure, right? <laughs> no pressure. First no pressure. Of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. My name is Talon Majors. I'm a singer songwriter. I write music for my own project. I write for film, commercial, different things like that. A little bit about my background. I, my mom had an affair with a rock star and had me. I did not know him until much later. It was kind of genetic. It's funny how those things work because I got into music before I even know that that was part of my genetics. And I grew up really, really poor. And I feel like there's something special about people that have to grow up in a struggle is that we are just by nature, super hungry. I knew that I wanted more for myself. I didn't know what at the time, but I knew there was something more out there. Obviously I would think about like having enough food and things like that when I was very younger, but I wanted to have a legacy more than where I was living. So I was pretty rebellious as a teenager. I was actually really good in school. I think which shocks people. I don't know why I lost myself in books a lot. I was definitely a nerd for sure, like representing nerd squad over here. And just basically into my young adult life, tried to self-medicate with 
drugs and alcohol. Shocking, like a lot of people from rough backgrounds. I had been abused by a very close family member of mine for many years. I was molested. I've dealt with a rape. And all of that really weighed me down for a long time. And something that I try to relate to people now about is not hurting yourself the way that people hurt you. So not perpetuating the cycle of abuse, no matter what it is, if it's a family member, if it's yourself, if it's friends, if it's at work, not perpetuating that cycle of abuse. And for me, I did for many years, just to be very blunt and open. I self-medicated, I partied, I shopped a lot. I did all these different things and it brought me nothing but emptiness and depression. I have dealt with anxiety and depression for many years. And it wasn't until I pulled myself out of that, that I was able to see what I was really capable of. And just, especially now with the platform that I have, that's the whole reason I do what I do. I love singing. I love music. I love all of that. But I get to connect with people on a level that I wish I would have had somebody to be there for me like that, that's been through it. I get it. I mean, I hear people from all walks of life, all different issues, and I can relate to it. And I love that, especially younger people that are in the middle of it, that don't see a way out yet. So that has been, that has repaid me a million fold. I remember thinking if I could help just one person, that would be amazing. And that's been repaid a million times. I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's probably like the long and short of it. But yeah, I came from broken home, dealt with addictions, dealt with abuse, dealt with all of that, and then rose from the ashes to become somebody I'm super proud of. And it was not easy. It was a long, long, hard road filled with many <laughs> things along the way. <laughs> I, I first of all love the transparency and openness, but there's there's something that you hit on that I really loved at the beginning. And the word that came to mind when you were talking about struggle, adversity. I you you said it the the starving, I think you put it the starving experience. I was just on a one-on-one session with a gentleman who three years ago he was homeless had nothing to his name whatsoever. And now he has a very successful restaurant out in South, Southern California, does vegan oh, Mexican food. And I looked at his Instagram page and I'm like drooling on my phone. I'm like, next time I'm in Southern California, I'm going here. Um, yes. But anyways, what we were talking about is the ability or the formula that is in place for people that have lived through struggles, whether it be, you know, abuse, mental, physical, uh, broken households, uh, homeless, whatever the case is, it is the component that when you see some of the really happy, successful people out there that have that piece of adversity that yes. they know what nothing tastes like. Oh yeah. They don't want they it is not delicious. No, that is not no, a meal. <laughs> not at all. So I have a, a quick little, little story. I was out in Oklahoma city, uh, with a rep, one of my reps, and we were sitting at this really good restaurant. I want to say it was, uh, called black Oak and it was about nine o'clock uh, middle of the week. And we we're sitting at the corner of the bar and their menu does not have, it doesn't have like entrees and appetizers and things like that. All of the menu is based off of emotions and how you're feeling. So whatever you're feeling should attract you to that dish. Okay. That's super interesting. And it's very, very unique. And just so everybody knows, because I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast, I'm a super sucker for good food. I am 
I eat so much food, like good food. I love, love, love quality food because I know the the heart and, and passion that goes behind it. So we're sitting on the corner of this bar and we get these martinis and even their drinks are out of this world. So they had a beet martini and okay. a carrot martini. And I'm not a fan of beets, but carrots love. And I'm like, eh, martini, that's a little odd. But I tried it anyways, love trying new things. And about 10 minutes into sitting there, a gentleman walks from behind us with a laptop in his hand and making conversation. There's nobody in the restaurant. And we're like, oh, working late tonight. He's like, yep. We're like, oh, do you do the books here or something? He goes, no, no, I, I own this place. And I own the place next door as well. And he goes, I'm actually opening up this restaurant. There was like these barn doors that he walked out from. And uh, we're supposed to be doing a soft opening in a month or so. And we're like, good for you, man. And he said, do you want to check it out? We're like, yeah, absolutely. So he's like, take your drinks, come on in. And we walk into this absolutely gorgeous restaurant. In the middle of the restaurant, there's like a four or five foot wide glass wall with hundreds of bottles of wine from all around the world. And he starts telling us about the experience that he's trying to bring to this restaurant and the people eating there. And I don't remember if it was a five or a six course meal, but he said the people that are walking through the door are going to be here for probably a couple hours, two, two and a half hours. And we're looking around this restaurant. It's spotless. Like it's gorgeous. Everything looks ready to go. I said, I'm surprised you're not opening yet. And he goes, experience and my customers mean everything. I want them to have experience like nothing else. And so we've already done two months of training and I still want to do another month of training to make sure this place doesn't go off with hiccup. And so, (laughs) yeah. And, and I was like, man, this guy's putting so much passion into this. He was telling us how he owned all of these other restaurants around Oklahoma city. I said, what's your, what's your story? And he's like, I grew up in Jamaica. I, we barely could put bread on the table. We were starving as a family and I didn't want that for my family. And I didn't want that for my family when I have kids of my own and grandkids of my own. This guy ended up becoming the head chef of the Ritz Carlton in Paris. And there, because of his skills, he made a huge network of people in the, you know, cooking community. He has a book. You can look him up. His name is Chef Black. I believe he has a book or a couple books on Amazon. This guy was just so interesting. But I guess the whole point on this is this piece of adversity that had he not had those tough experience, could one question and wonder, would he be where he is today? Because great metaphors, we talk about starving with a restaurant story. He starved and quite yeah. literally and did literally. not want that again and went out and built an empire. And I believe, don't quote me on this section, he is owns the most restaurants, single owner, owns the most restaurants in Oklahoma City. I'm not sure about that, but he owns a ton. He's bought, sold, um, and everybody spoke so highly of this guy. And it's funny, the next morning, the restaurant that he pointed that was right next door to those two – was a breakfast joint. So of course, knowing this guy's story, I'm like, I want to support him. He's worked his face off. We had breakfast and we got there at like eight in the morning. This guy was right back on his computer working, helping out in the kitchen, running away, uh, running around. Like this guy just doesn't stop. I just love the energy in it. And so when I meet people such as yourself that have been in a tough situation and are able to quite literally blossom into something and express themselves to the world, whether that be through music or some other form of art or a business or a podcast, whatever. It's always truly special to me. And the piece coming off of this adversity that I want to talk about is vulnerability, because there obviously was a process for you where it took years for you to come out and talk about these things. And here you are talking to me and to give everybody else context, we spoke about a month, month and a half ago, and we started talking about this, but you're a person who's open to talking about vulnerability, what it means to you, why it's so important, why as a society, because this has been muffled. And I think the suppression is starting, it's becoming less, which is really beautiful to see, but a lot of people think vulnerability means that you're coming from being vulnerable means you're weak. And quite frankly, that drives me crazy because in order to be vulnerable, 
you have to be an extremely strong person to expose yourself. Not only that, even expose yourself to people that you know, but then expose yourself to people that you don't know. So what was that for you? Like that process, why is it so important that more people need to be Mm -hmm. vulnerable? We need to expose our truths because that is the strength. Yeah. So I love that. And it's a great question. Had I continued to carry all of that trauma, I would have died. I'm not being dramatic either. I would have either taken my own life or overdosed or drank myself into oblivion or just been in bad situations or at least died emotionally. Had I continued to perpetuate that cycle, there's no way I would be the person that I am right now. Like I, I can sit here and talk to you about all the crazy stories and all the bad times. And it seems like another life to me because I've worked so hard to change. And I love that we can sit here and just talk and be open like this, because if somebody hears this and they know, oh, these are just two people talking that have been through some shit and I'm going through some shit, maybe there's hope for me. And what the process was like was years of failing and hurting myself and hurting other people and just not living up to my full potential to then, to be completely honest, I was hurting the people around me who were watching the way I was living. And I didn't start with loving myself, but I loved them enough that I knew I needed to change. So to be totally transparent, it wasn't for me in the beginning. But the more I worked through life and self-esteem is doing esteemable acts, right? So the more I started doing these things, oh, now I'm starting to like myself at least. Maybe I am worth something. Then I'm piecing things together and I'm starting to really get on my the right path, something that's fulfilling to me. And then, oh shit, I love myself. I'm awesome. Wow, look at this. And to be the person that's like the responsible friend at this point and has good credit, has this together, has all of these things that seemed so monumental to me in the past and have this amazing platform and this awesome music and stuff to share. And I get to connect with my fans. That is a complete other dimension. Like you were talking about going into the wine room and I imagined you like going into this culinary portal like Rick and Morty or something. And it I was thinking of that because that's like people transforming their lives, going into it. It feels like a different dimension. It's so good on the other side. If you are listening to this and you are struggling, there is hope because if I can do it, you can do it. So that's like a little bit about how I did it. I mean, obviously I had to get clean and sober and start, I went to therapy. I went to years of therapy and it was not easy. At first it was just sessions on how do I manage anxiety? So I'm not running out of a grocery store because I'm overwhelmed or being paranoid or whatever, getting your mental health in check and everything else follows that. I, I eat really well. I exercise. I walk my dogs. I fill my days with stuff that makes me feel fulfilled. Like last time you and I talked, you gave me a task that was so powerful. Thank you, by the way. At the end of the day now, I look at myself in the third person and ask myself, how was my day today? Did I do something that would make myself proud or not? And not in a judging way. And if I didn't, cool, I have an opportunity tomorrow to change that. But yeah, it's like, I like to structure my life in such a way that it's stuff that I like to do that's also good for me, which is easy at this point. It was not in the beginning. I felt like I was walking through the steps, you know, fake it till you make it. (laughs) There's something to be said for that. Really, really. Because after I walked through these steps of, I don't know how to meditate. I'm sitting here like, how do, what does somebody do when they meditate and whatever? Now it's like second nature to me, but I did it. And I did the practices and I went to therapy and I ate the healthy food that I didn't want to eat. And I said no to the cake and the butterfingers and all the whatever. And I went to my sessions and I networked and yeah, 
it's beautiful that you use the word like another dimension because I swear when you are able to implement the things you have in your life, going through therapy, understanding yourself, what your needs are, where they're coming from, how they came about, the origin story of all of those little components. And you see, you start to see, I almost think of it like a a volcano, right? All the veins popping out from the hot spots. When you follow all of those little veins back and you can understand where they've come from, you can start to actually address the actual thing. And that's why I always refer to this thing called like IDS, identify, discuss with yourself and solve. And we tend to be very surface level with our stuff, right? There's an emotion happening. There's an experience that we feel coming on and all of these emotions, they're so heavy. And the thing that we're doing is we're just trying to manage the current emotion. Yeah, like a band-aid. Right. Never mind try to peel back the layers. And so this big evolving kind of pile up of crap that you never actually get to the core of it. Totally. And I, you know, I I suggested to everybody, I know you and I talked about this last time, but I did therapy for a year and a half because I wanted to go deeper into discovery phase. Who's Scott? Why does he, you know, uh, react the way he does to this? Where do these emotions come from? Where does some of this anxiety come from? And I've said it before on the podcast, you know, I had a, my biological father was someone that was just, it was always empty promise. So as I grew up, I would always second guess myself. And it even trickled into the relationships that I was in. I remember one day sitting down with my therapist and, oh my God, she was awesome. But she asked the question, she goes, you ever question or see a pattern in the type of women that you date and, you know, women that potentially need some fixing and some support because Scott, Bob, the builder wants to come in and support and help and be the knighting shining armor. And it's so funny because it was obvious to me. It was already there. I knew it, but I had spent so many years burying all of these other emotions and childhood trauma and all this other crap that I had buried it so far that I had never spent the time to really excavate it. And I think people get really intimidated about therapy because it is exhausting. You know, when you, it's kind of like a a, a workout and I know I'm preaching a choir, but after you work out and your muscles are sore and you're sweating, you're like, holy shit, that felt really good, but I'm ready for bed. Going through therapy is a mental workout. But when you can go to those places, I honestly think it's like the same saying that people have. You might not want to do the workout before because most people are not like, I want to run five miles today. They know that the running the five miles is good for them. Yes, they obviously they know that. After they ran the five miles, they're never like, man, I feel like shit. No, they're normally like, wow, that felt really good. I feel healthier. I'm going to go grab some food now and then I'm going to relax for the rest of the night or whatever. And I think therapy is the same way. You walk away from it and you're like, I am so exhausted. And all of that discovery of understanding where these emotions came from, you know, their, their single origin story and being able to actually address those things. And you talked, you, you mentioned something earlier that, that sparked this thing about when you can take the time for yourself. There are a number of people that I've had reach out to me that are nervous, whether they're in a relationship or whether it's with their family, that if they spend that amount of time digging into themselves, that they're being a a little selfish, right? Like they're not looking out for other people, all of those things. And I always say it is the most selfless thing that you will do because to your point earlier, when you go through this discovery phase and figure out all of these things that you're pushing out into the world, into the universe, and you start taking the time and understanding where these things come from, you start showing up differently. And that means you show up differently for yourself. You show up differently for your significant other, your family members, your friends, whatever. And that's why I tell people all the time, you got to look beyond just the immediate. There is a huge impact to the way that you treat other people. And I see it all the time on, on, uh, we talked about social media earlier, 
Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) People that have like nasty comments. I saw something so beautiful. And I know before we hopped on here, we were talking about the TikTok platform and how successful it's been. There was a gentleman's video that has started to go viral. And I almost got got a, a, a tear in my eye because I was like, this is fucking beautiful that this guy did this. He owns a vinyl wrapping shop where he, he wraps vehicles. And I believe out in California, I could be wrong on that one. But anyways, someone had posted a nasty comment. And it was something along, I'm going to butcher this, something along the lines of, you do vinyl for a living, you're so poor, like all of these things. It was just nasty comments. Uh, and as opposed, as a, but as opposed to going back and lighting this guy up, this gentleman who's taking the video as he's walking around his shop, clicks on the, the, the guy's page and scrolls through his TikTok page. Come to find out three months prior, this guy's mother passed away. And as opposed to going back at him and in, in, in fighting fire with fire, he fought fire with water and said, I yeah. want everybody to go to this guy's TikTok account and I want you to engage with his content, like his stuff, comment under stuff, leave really nice comments. And so I read through this guy's, I'm just like reading comments for like a half an hour and everybody's like, this is what we need more of in the world. Yeah. And when yeah. you can understand and gain, we, we lack context, right? When I, if I didn't know you and walk by you, I would have no clue your journey and what you've been through. But mm-hmm. when we can be empathetic and understand, well, just, just imagine everybody has their own stuff that they've gone through. If you can imagine and put yourself in their shoes, they've probably experienced the same thing. So they might not truly just, they didn't wake up and say, I want to be an ass today and I want to piss someone off. You have no clue what they've been through. And to, yeah. to to empathize with someone and sit in their stand in their shoes for a little bit and see that, I think is super powerful. That is so beautiful. I, it's crazy to me that people take time out of their day to try and bring other people down, especially online. Obviously, you don't even need to ask, but I've been through that. I've had trolls and whatnot, and it reminded me what you just said. Reminded me of. I had a waiter one day that was being an ass. I'm just going to say just cold and whatever. And long story short, same situation. They had lost a family member and all of the people at the table were like, oh, this guy's an asshole. I'm not going to tip, whatever. I'm always nice to service industry staff because I know what that's like. And I talked to the dude a little bit after that and found all of that out. And I was like, okay, that makes more sense. But like you said, of, of lacking context, I, I want to give people context to what I've been through. So they feel like they can be more vulnerable about it to go back to our word of the day. (laughs) And there's something so freeing in saying, I need help. (laughs) Or I need to change this or whatever. Like you were talking about just kind of barreling through life and, oh, I don't have time to open this or whatever and putting the emotional bandaid on it. And yeah, sure. You can get by like that for a while, maybe even for years, but you're not living at that point. You're not flourishing. You're not definitely not living up to your full potential. And I loved that you compared therapy to a workout because what you, when you said exhausted, I didn't know if that was just me. When I started going to therapy, that was it for the day. Like if I scheduled therapy, it was therapy day. And then I went home and cried and went to bed, but just like working out after doing it for a while, it got easier and it got easier. And now I'm able to do, I still do therapy. I'm probably like addicted to therapy at this point. trade one addiction for another. No, Mm. I do not get exhausted like that anymore because I'm not that person anymore. And we talk about attracting a certain type of relationship. Like you said, Oh, shocking. I've done the same thing because it's easier to fix someone else than to fix yourself. Right. (laughs) But I don't attract people like that anymore. Friendships, relationships, whatever, because I'm not that person. I'm not even a shadow of that person. I don't react to things like that. It's a different person. So now when things happen to me, I like to, I like to think of it like, what's that martial art type? What is the one where you like take somebody else's energy? 
No, that's like close combat. Like when they do, when you take someone else's energy and shift it out, I forget. Come on. Sure. Anyways, it's like an emotional version of doing that. If someone throws stuff at me to go back to our lovely online trolls, I've done that. I had a girl troll me mercilessly and I sent her a DM and I was like, Hey, I don't know you. You don't know me. I'm a nice person. I'm a sensitive being like, what, where is this coming from? And we ended up talking and having this conversation. She's like, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have been doing that. And I didn't get out of it why she did it, but she stopped doing it. I don't fight fire with fire in that either. And I I can't wait to see that video. I hope you send me some of these videos afterwards. Cause that sounds absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I'll, tr- I'll try to find it and send it to you. I, it's just, it's special when you when you can do that and the the image that comes to my mind is almost like shackles they're just like a, and with one of those giant weighted balls at the end of it that's just you're dragging it around all the time and to your point of you're not living because you're suffocating every part of your true being that's really deep down there think of it as um a, a tree growing and it actually has all of this competition all the time in the forest of all these other trees. And so what the tree does is it grows very, very skinny and very tall really fast because the main priority of the tree is just to get light because that's how it eats and produces food, right? Photosynthesis, what we all learn in like high school or whatever. And (laughs) the one thing that that tree is in jeopardy of the rest of its life is that it is now in jeopardy of being pushed over by the wind because it's so skinny. It's not thick anymore. It doesn't have a good root system because all that tree was focused on doing was just getting to a little piece of light. Right. And of course, trees cannot cut down other trees and like make their own, their own way in the forest. But I guess the point and what I'm driving at is when you actually address those things and you actually are able to live, it is so freeing because you experience who you actually were supposed to be. And you said it earlier on and I fucking loved it, but you're not the actual real you. You think You're the real you because that's what your life has been encased in, either violence or sadness or darkness and all of those other things. And you see yourself as that person. Am I not good enough? Um, You know, I'm always going to have like this horrific anxiety and all of these other things because you've only been privied to a life of exactly that. You haven't seen the other side. It's like people asking for business advice from someone that hasn't started a business. Well, of course, he or she's not going to know because they haven't experienced that yet. It's the same thing for us. We, everybody sees us very different and we see ourselves very different than how I'm seeing you, than how you're seeing me. But when we're in those, those moments, we think that we're nothing more than all of those moments that have built us. And we fail to realize that we can break free from those experiences. We can break free from all of that trauma if we go back to that place of vulnerability and actually exposing all of those feelings and those emotions that it's coming up with. Nothing ever has solved itself by burying things under the rug, right? You know, you don't get a bill and just throw it under the rug and, all right, I don't have to pay the bill anymore. That's not the way the world works. It's not the way emotions work either. And I think you're 100% right to your verbiage around a different dimension. You start breathing and smelling differently. It's like you were just born again. And all of a sudden you're experiencing light for the first time. You're experiencing sounds. Colors are very vivid. You're able to pick up on all of those things because your senses have picked up substantially because all of those things, those defense or offensive mechanisms that you have are no longer focusing on all of those band-aids anymore. They are completely eyed on happiness and moving forward and creating a better light and sharing your story and inspiring people and all of those other things. And all of that suppression, we don't really realize in the moment how much damage and going back to that point around selfless, how you show up and how you react to people, even down to what you comment on someone's social media and it just perpetuates and it's this giant goddamn snowball rolling downhill with gasoline and it on fire and it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger (laughs) and bigger until you can address those things and that is special when you can 
free yourself to just like breathe again and like experience life again like you truly should because that's not fair to you and it's certainly not fair to the rest of the world or the people that are around you and that care about you and that doesn't mean that we don't still struggle like I mean life is life (laughs) it is going to keep throwing stuff at you you just become a lot better equipped to handle it like I have been bullied in the music industry and it was really hard for me Luckily, by the time this stuff was happening, I had tools to deal with it a lot better. That doesn't mean I didn't suffer. That doesn't mean I didn't struggle, but it wasn't to the level where I was hurting myself like I was before, or like you said, carrying all of these things that labels that other people put on you or trying to carry, like identifying with your trauma as this is me, not this happened to me, but this is me. So by the time I was dealing with some of these huge issues, like in my industry, I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was happening to me and I knew how to navigate through it, but that doesn't mean that I didn't struggle with it. I just didn't take it on as this monumental thing and collapse because of it. So the way that I deal with stuff is a lot more healthy today. For those that are listening, that are struggling, that are in those dark times, you said it earlier, the hopes is to, to help people or be the person that I needed in those dark times. And I, I love that because it's something that I say a lot, you know, you have family, you have friends, but truly someone being there to help you and saying, I've been through that. I know exactly the pain that you're feeling. What's the biggest piece of advice? advice, maybe not even single advice, but advice for people that are in those places that they don't feel in the moment that there's anything beyond the world that they're just in today, that they're struggling with today. What would be your, it could be anything, but one, three things that you would recommend. First would be if you're not doing it for yourself, just do it anyway. (laughs) So if it's not about self-love, if it's not starting from a place of self-love and just do it anyway, go through the motions, rip off the bandaid, seek help, ask for help. The second thing would be meditation. I don't care if it's cheesy or cliche or whatever, but even if it's just taking five minutes a day, sitting there and in complete silence, we are so surrounded by social media and work and noise and cars and all of this stuff, just sitting with yourself. People don't do it. And it's, oh my God, I can't even tell you what miracles it's done for me. And the third thing would be stop taking yourself so seriously. (laughs) Have fun. Yeah. Make a funny TikTok. Watch a funny TikTok. Do something stupid. Just have a good time. Stop taking yourself so seriously. And the reason I say that is because I don't care what industry you're in. I, I want people to know it doesn't matter if you're an accountant, a musician, a dog groomer, whatever. We get so wrapped up in what we think we should be. And what we think other people think we should be or who our boss thinks we should be or whatever, that we're locked into this kind of like jail of of a perceived self. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Try to have fun. If you can shift yourself into a state of laughter and humor you're going to chill out and ease up and you'll make better decisions. It'll be easier to just (laughs) snap out of it. I love the third one, seriously, because I struggled with this a lot. You know, there was this image that years ago that I had casted for myself. That meant that if anything didn't fit within that box, which it wasn't my happiness first. It was, does it fit within the box? And if the answer was no, that thing would get tossed to the side at the cost of my happiness. And you're a hundred percent right that a lot of people, 
have this image of who they think they should be or the way that people present themselves on social media and that they should be that way too as well at the cost of something greater than anything on this planet, their happiness. And yeah. that, that is, that, that stinks, that, that hurts. And I saw this image that was super powerful and it was an apple sitting in front of a mirror and the front of the apple looked shiny and beautiful. The backside of the apple had a big bite taken out of it. And it said, not everything is what you see on social media. (laughs) And it, it, it kills me when we focus on being something we think other people want, our family, our friends, our significant other, and not just focusing on, on having fun and being us. I even see with people with business that are so serious. And it's like, who came up with this like fucking rule book that you need to be so wound up tight that you're stressed out all the time. And you're so everything else around you that's so important is so grayed out, just like dulled out kind of almost like you do a drawing and you erase it a little bit and you can kind of faintly see it. You can't be, you can't have fun and joke around and be light. Everything's just so uptight and bottled up. It's almost like giving yourself all of this like back pain and shoulder pain because you can't just let go a little bit and experience life, make mistakes, fuck up. I've said this before on one-on-one sessions with people, but nobody keeps a logbook of the mistakes that you make in life. The only person that does that is yourself, most people. And we have a habit of looking at the things that we still need to accomplish and like goals and everything. And I talk about it and those things are great. It's great to have, you know, that drive, those aspirations, those visions, everywhere you want to get five, 10 years, but they should not come at the price of crippling you from experiencing life and being happy and having fun with the things that you're doing. And there's something that you've shared with me that I want you to share with, with everybody listening about your experience in the music industry and how you started to, to experience that world where it was getting, it wasn't what you wanted. It wasn't why you started. And you realize that. And I think that the ability to, to be that self-aware, to see it and feel it and then pivot and make a change for you, regardless of what anybody else says, that's pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So the situation you were talking about is when I was getting put into a lot of different writing sessions and doing every different genre and flying here and flying there. And it was really hard. I was starting to lose my identity as an artist. And I felt like I was being pulled in a million different directions. I'm sure people listening can relate no matter what industry it is. I just felt like I was losing my sense of self. And I kept doing it because I thought it's what I should be doing. And eventually it completely flatlined me emotionally, creatively, artistically. And you want to talk about writer's block. It was like emotional writer's block combined with like, should I even be doing this? It's like a crossroads. Like, should I be doing this? Who am I? What am I doing? And I had to pull myself out of that world for a bit to recenter. And it was hard. There was a good chunk of time where I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore because I felt so just like beaten up by the industry. And then, like I said, like the first thing, I just started doing it again. I didn't even want to. I just went through the motions. Then when I started doing it again, I started finding joy joy in it again. And like the second thing I mentioned, taking time for yourself, even if it's not meditation, take time for yourself. Is it walking the dog? Is it taking a bath? Is it cooking? Is it whatever, writing something? Is it sitting and staring at the wall? Fine. Take time for yourself. If you make space for yourself, it decompresses you. And I didn't know how to do that because all my time was for everyone else. I'm sure people, I don't have kids or anything, but I know people with kids, it's like their whole world is their kids and they can't show up as well as they would like to because they're not taking time for themselves. And I know, I'm sure you can relate to that. 
And then the third thing about not taking yourself so seriously, I was taking my career so seriously that it was hurting my career because I was trying too hard. No one likes something when they know somebody's trying too hard. Yep. Yep. Like today. Okay. For example, I usually, when I'm doing interviews, I'll make a whole list of things and I'll rehearse it and I'll practice it. Whatever, whatever. I didn't do that today. I didn't make a list or anything. I wanted people to hear me the way I actually talk and to just sit here and talk with you. I didn't make bullet points. I didn't make any of that. Like this is just raw. I like it. It's authentic. (laughs) Yes, it has to be, or people are going to know. Yeah. Yeah. I have people, you know, when they, um, I don't know if it's their, you know, uh, marketing agency or their managers, I get about five, six people a week that are like, hey, I would love to hop on your podcast. And a lot of them will say, hey, can you send me a, a list of questions prior to the interview? And I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to because I don't the audience really cares about authenticity and it not being this fake rigid system. They probably experience enough of that, whether through their job or someone that they know, or even experience it themselves. I don't want to, when they listen to the podcast, I don't want to put them through that again. It should feel like we're two human beings on a fucking zoom call, having a conversation about life and our experiences and struggles and success and happiness and sadness and all of those things. We're drinking our coffee, my dog's jumping in and out of frame. It's (laughs) some real shit. (laughs) Yes. And, and, and that is, that is special because people feel that and they can, it's just like the reason why people don't want to deal with brands and why you have some brands that over the years, like Campbell and Wendy's that have became more sassy because people like to deal with people. That's why a lot of people fear robots because they're like, they're, that's not a person. Um, (laughs) And I just think it's, it's truly special when you can release those shackles and actually live and actually breathe, breathe and actually be you. You know, the world will continue to revolve around the sun. It's not going to stop spinning anytime soon. I'm not a scientist and know what that date might be one day, but it's not going to slow down. That means it's on you to slow down and love yourself, care for yourself. Think about the emotions that you're feeling and why. If you, I've even, you know, met plenty of people that have so much on their plate and they're like, if I'm absolutely stressed, two o'clock, one o'clock, I'll hop in the bath, take a relaxing bath, read a book, light a candle, chill out because I'm way more productive. And I talk about process a lot and efficiency. That shit is process and efficiency. Because if you're burning all of this steam to do something that be is so natural for you. That's your body telling you something, right? If you're exhausted and you're struggling to write, uh, you know, music or even with me, when I try to come up with content for the podcast, if I struggle to come up with content, then that means something's off. And I'm not judging myself in that moment, but that's my body telling me, Hey, Scott, chill the fuck out, man. It's time to shut down. It's time to relax. It's time to take a step back and give yourself some love shut the computer, put it away. I don't judge myself for it because guess what? I will open up the computer and the Google document is right there again. And every single time I, all that creativity comes right back in the fingers and I'm writing again. And I I just love that you say, take the time to just love yourself. Take the time to take care of yourself. Self-care needs to be a bigger conversation. I think COVID woke people up to say, holy cow, I need to think about taking care of myself a little bit. Oh, yeah. Giving myself some grace, you know, setting up the bathtub and just relaxing. We need this to be a bigger conversation and people need to focus on it. I love what you just said about COVID making space for that because I feel like COVID has made space for people to Hey, do I really like my job? Hey, what am I doing? Oh, I have all this time. I have to structure it somehow. And there, unfortunately, depression is surging and whatever, but I feel like people are really starting to feel and they're, they're slowing down and they're dealing with their shit. Like we're talking about, because it's easy to go through the day and just kind of like ignore it. And then at the end of the day, Oh, it's time for sleep. But now people are really facing themselves, but also on the positive side of that. Yeah. People are getting, they're doing 
the yoga or they're cooking more or whatever it is. I've definitely experienced that for myself. And like what you were saying about being more productive, if you chill out. So I've lived in LA for a few years and it's wonderful and awesome and all of that, but it stresses me the fuck out. I'm not going to lie. I do my best writing when I'm not there. So if it's going down the coast to San Diego and sitting on the beach for a few days, fine. If it's going into the mountains, like I'm in Colorado right now, great. I have to get out of the chaos to hear myself think. I I like that. I'm thinking about that a lot because you're so right. I do see a lot of people being more thoughtful about their emotions what they're thinking, what's really important to them. And the question that I always come back to, if the world stopped, somebody hit a giant pause button on the iPhone to planet Earth, what would you be doing differently? You know, and I don't mean that the human species is no longer in existence. What I'm saying is that it just stopped turning. Everything was still. Water stopped trickling. Cars stopped honking, you know, the birds stopped flying for a little bit. What would you do differently? And I think everybody, and maybe it's a good place to, to to let people with this thought, what would you do differently if the world just paused and you had all the time in the world? Would you sit with a book and read? Would you take longer baths until your fingers pruned off. I don't know what the hell that thing is, but whatever that answer is, do more of that thing. Make time for that thing. Everybody, you can make more money. You can start a business whenever. You can do all of these things whenever. There's no like, yes, there's average life expectancy, 75 years, blah, blah, blah. You You can do all of those things. But if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're not going to be able to do all of those things because you're going to be depressed. You're going to be in a dark place. You're going to be clouded. You're, you're not yeah. going to in your emotions, all of these other things. If the world stopped today, someone hit the pause button, ask yourself, what would you do more of? And whatever that answer is, do more of that thing, period. That's it. Uh, I love that. I've done it a lot this year. I've spent way more time historically being in, and I don't mean in my own head questioning things, understanding myself even more and more and more. Being in a relationship with myself, that's how I look at it. What do, what do I need? And I'm naturally a person such as yourself that normally cares so much about everybody else around them. And you question, what do they need? What do they? No, no, no. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And it's always this question that just pops into my head all the time. And if I need to step away from my computer or whatever, I'm doing that thing. And it it is so, um, it's going back to that point about living when you just, you're in or that outer body experience where you're like, holy shit, that's what I need. That's who I am. That's what my purpose is. That's what, This is what my passions are. All of those things. Take out all the noise. People need to paint a room in their house, all black, no windows, no nothing, and just <laughs> sit there and listen to you, your heart, your mind, and what you need. And put the phone away. Put the computer down. Put all of those things away and just be in tune with you. That's it. Vibe out with yourself. I love that. It's so important. Also totally unrelated, but we're going to go with it. Thank you, ADHD. (laughs) I thought of one more thing I wanted to tell people is don't be afraid to ask for what you want. I think a lot of people, probably most people are afraid to ask for exactly what they want. I can't tell you how many things I've gotten <laughs> like career wise, whatever, just by on the other side of that fear, asking for what the hell I wanted. You'd be surprised what people will do or help you with if you just ask. Yep. This is a thousand percent accurate because we fear what we don't know. So by asking a question, we're asking the question because we're uncertain of the answer. 
And because we're uncertain of the answer, we fear it because yeah. we don't know it. It's right? natural. Yeah. hundred percent. But as you start to practice that more and asking for more, it becomes like second nature. Just like when you lean into your vulnerability and that authenticity and who you are, you're not as mentally exhausted after those therapy sessions. You've been there. Yeah. You've done that. It's natural. It feels good to you. You know the experience. When you start asking for things that you want in life and asking questions and, and going through all that discovery and that exploration, it doesn't feel so scary or or dark. See, the other thing is, too, I think what holds people back is not that it's an, an excuse but or a crutch, but we are so overstimulated with like bad things and like the news and it's always bad crap and it's why the news is never on in our house. Oh, I don't watch it either. <laughs> um, and we think that that is the world when it's not the world at all. The glass is definitely more than half full. It's fucking overflowing. That's what it's doing. But you are choosing to see it as half full. You get to control all of that. You get to control how you show up, how you react, how you think. You get to control all of that. You've got the little, I want to go into music analogies, the, the dials or whatever to our own mind. You get to pull and push whatever, flick on anything or off that you want. But you are 100% right when you just ask for what you need. The complexity to all of this is that sometimes our brain and our mouth doesn't connect properly. One is saying something different than the other one. I'll give you a good example. So, my girlfriend and I, every single night, we cook together. And we always eat together. And we always have the phone way far away from the kitchen table because I know it's going off. And we share what our wins were for the day. Either win or wins. What do we want to recognize ourselves for? And we get to share that with each other. But there's something that, you know, this happened a while ago. She's cutting onions. And she started telling me just about her day. And I started immediately heading into this place of, I'm just going to start giving advice. And I saw her knuckles get white around the knife that she had in her hand. And I was like, nope, not what she <laughs> needed in that moment. And so I started doing this thing that has worked out beautifully for our relationship that when she starts expressing how she's feeling or her day, I ask her, who do you need me to be in this moment? Is it someone you just need me to listen or is it someone you're looking for for advice uh, is it just hey shut the fuck up and just listen or is it hey i'm looking for some advice and that has worked out beautifully and why i bring up the point though is because she might not be able to in some situations depending how tough her day was to articulate what she actually needs so by building a platform in which she can just pick yes or no it makes it easier for her to communicate and I've been there. I mean, I we all have days where it's really difficult to, for us to understand what we need and what we're trying to express. That's why I think it's so powerful on the other end. And I do this with my teams and it's a practice I do all the time. Sometimes the people on my team don't actually know what they need. It's not because they're less of a person or anything like that. They just don't know what it is. So we're going to go through the discovery phase together. I'm going to step out and be vulnerable for a second and try to bring what your needs are out. What are, what are you looking to accomplish? Are you looking for some help? Are you looking for a solution with this? Are you just looking at expressing your frustration? What is it? And then it gives a simple one or two option on the doors to pick instead of all this complexity of all of these other doors. And it's very interesting and fascinating to me that the brain and the mind don't always connect. So being an empathetic person and saying, I've been in that place too. I know exactly what that is, where I speak a different language out of the mouth than my brain is thinking and being able to bridge that gap and build a bridge together to come to that like common ground and understanding of, got it, that's what you need. I mean, miscommunication has to be the number one issue in almost every single business or in relationships, just communication. And it's because yeah. knowing what you actually need is easy in your heart and in your mind, but it's hard when it gets spoken sometimes. I love that you said business and emotional because I'm listening to you talk about your girlfriend and you 
gave her options. Hey, do you need me to just listen and whatnot? Because she may not have known in that moment what to ask for. The reason I said that about asking for what, not being afraid to ask for what you want, it could be something as simple as like last week, I had a friend who was struggling financially because of COVID and had overdraft fees and whatever. And he's venting to me and I'm like, dude, get on the phone, call the bank and tell them that. (laughs) Well, and I'm like, no, get on the phone, call the bank, tell them that, ask for help, tell them you're struggling because of COVID. It could be anything from that simple, by the way, they reverse the fees for him. (laughs) Yep. There you go. Anywhere, anywhere from that small of a thing all the way up to like a major business thing that you're dealing with. Like particularly in my industry, there's somebody I want to work with when I was first starting out and I think, Oh, they're so out of my realm. Like why would no, if I sat there and thought that who the fuck cares, what are they going to say? No, I'm going to tell you most of the time they said yes. Yeah. If you act (laughs) like confident and you ask for what you want, most of the time people are going to say, say, yes. Is there somebody you want to work with? Is there something you want to do? Do you want a whatever, like ask for it? Who cares if they say no, what the hell? Why does it matter? Okay. No, I don't know. In the beginning, it was so terrifying to me. And now I literally will ask for anything. I don't care if somebody says no or not, because usually they don't. (laughs) And if they do, well, you've got your answer and now you can keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a hundred percent right. And I think that, you know, there are probably a a number of people that don't want to inconvenience and it's normally humans come from a a good place. Again, going back to that point about, you know, we see a lot of bad things. Most people come from a good place, right? You're at a restaurant, you ask for something, they're going to know like, Hey, you're here for an experience. You're out with your family or significant, whatever, right? They know. And they've also, Hey, newsflash they're a fucking human themselves so they have needs too as well so they can be empathetic and say yeah i would want that too or the bank to your you know reversing the fees geez that's tough yeah i'll talk to my manager and see what we can do right you just don't know until you ask and i i I love that it's powerful imagine that you're compromising your happiness, again, going to back to that happiness because you don't want to inconvenience someone or you're afraid of the answer. Like you all been there. <laughs> yeah. You only get one shot on this planet. That's it. And, That's you my know, point. That's you know, my point. so it's like, don't you want to give it just everything and put it all out there? Like the image I get run through life naked. That means be vulnerable, ask for help <laughs> when you need help, ask for forgiveness and just Put all of your stuff out in the world and nobody cares if they're pointing fingers and laughing. You shouldn't care about that. Just keep moving because you're free. That's it. You're free and you get to enjoy every piece of life that you should deserve and you deserve that. Plain and simple. They're most likely not pointing and laughing either. It's our own judgments of ourselves. (laughs) Yep. Yep. A hundred percent because we build up all of these thoughts and concoctions. We're like professional mental chefs and we're not using the right ingredients. I could tell you that. Start using the right ingredients. Know the things that you think were like people have a tally of the mistakes that you make or that they're going to say no and all of these things. It's all a complete fabrication because you sit with those thoughts And you spend months and years and sometimes half a lifetime, if not more, thinking about all of those things. But had you just cut to the chase and did it, you would have found out that that wasn't the case at all. That wasn't it at all. But the difficulty thing is, yes, is is breaking through that barrier. But once you can, life is a beautiful thing. Where I I want people to, it's funny, right before we hopped on, I'm not going to say her name. I had her play you on my Alexa device in my studio where can people find you? Because I want to do the plug at the end here. And where can people give you some love? Social media, Spotify, like lay it all out there. And I'm going to link everything, of course, for you to make life easy for people too as well. Yes. So please connect with me on Instagram at she's talent, S-H-E-S-T-A-L-O-N. I'm on Spotify, Talon Majors, T-A-L-O-N, 
M-A-J-O-R-S. I have a website. I have a TikTok. Yeah, please. Anybody that hears this that's going through anything, don't hesitate to send me a DM on Instagram. It might take me a minute to get back to you, but I try to get back to everybody. I'm like you. I literally just want to be of service. So yes. (laughs) I love you for that. That's amazing. You're amazing. I appreciate you coming on here and just diving into to who you are and helping people and showing that vulnerability and going through some of that stuff. The hopes is that even if there's one person, I say it all the time, that treats themselves differently, cares about themselves differently, loves themselves a little more, that's a win in itself. Well, you've done that a million times over. I I think I wanted to thank you. Take a minute to build you up, man. Thank you so much for having me, but also just for what you do. Like I started listening to your podcast maybe almost two years ago now or something, maybe like a year and a half, but it has been life-changing for me. I really appreciate what you do and I'm super happy we got to do this together. I love talking to even just like-minded people that are just shooting for the same thing, you know? And um, when you get to meet those people in life, always stay connected to them. Tell you what, it is one powerful, really cool front. So I appreciate you hopping on again. And um, yeah, if you need anything from me, shoot me a DM or uh, send me an email. Likewise, mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop. Motivated Mind is a Mindset Production.